Welcome to Truth Triumphant Radio. I'm your host, Cody Mori, and it's been a while since we've had a radio program. I apologize for that. I've had a recently had a, a new child born into the family, and he's needed a little bit of assistance in some ways uh, that uh, the first child did not. So it's uh, it's just been uh, a lot on our plate, and um, it's been. It's been tough to be here every week, but I thank you very much for the individuals that have contacted me. Many of you have, in regards to the radio program and asking about it, really put a, a fire underneath me to to really want to come back and and start to get this started again. So hopefully we got a new arrangement set up. So hopefully we will be able to do this every week for now on. Uh, I love doing these programs. I love talking to you guys. So today we're going to kick it off with the show about, well, I'm, I'm entitled, entitling it The Warning of Roger Morneau. Now many of you might remember I had another title to a radio program that was similar to that, which was about Yuri Bezmenov, and that looked at some of the political goals of communism and the active measures, as he calls it, that that they were doing in society to break down, to break down society and bringing communism through, really through pop culture. And that's exactly what we have seen. And that's exactly what we're seeing today. And I still wholeheartedly believe it's just a speculation. But I still wholeheartedly believe that everything that's going on is is, is a very reverse psychology sort of situation here. It's it's uh, the French Revolution being repeated. It is a a making a mockery of this nation, of the different offices of this nation, and trying to get people very upset so that they herd people into the other camp, which I think that's going to be more clear soon. Of course, again, that's speculation. We don't know exactly how these things are going to unfold. We just know that they will. The house too, and I think for the reason for that is, is that there's a myriad of ways that these things could come about. Uh, the Sunday Law, and the Mark of the Beast coming to view in everybody's lives. So today, again, I want to look at I want to look at really this supernatural plan, the plan of the dark world, the spiritual dark world, the fallen angels. For those of you who don't know, Roger Morneau, really, he was—I wouldn't say he was a Satanist as much as he was—he was—he was becoming on his way to becoming a demon worshiper and a Luciferian. And the reason I say Satanist, because Satanist has its own stigmas and things like that attached to it. When you look at the actual Church of Satan, what he was—what he was involved with was actually literally worshiping worshiping the demons and being in contact with them and god intervened into his life and this happened right around the 1940s just after world war ii he had served this is, this all happened in uh, canada and montreal and he was selected hand selected by the spiritual dark spiritual world to become one of their specially prized individuals that would really be in the know more than any other group. So unlike 
some of these other groups like say the Freemasons or the Illuminati or you know the Rosicrucians or, 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 or any of these types of groups that are out there where really you have a lot of people at the bottom that, that don't really know what's going on and, and you have people at the top that actually know that yes they they're worshiping Lucifer and Lucifer is the god of this world and it's the 33rd degree Freemasons it's the high ranking individuals it's the it's the cabal at the top that understands this well that's not what Roger Morneau was about to get into he was involved in a a really a secret society that met for worship on Wednesdays and at this secret society they all knew they were in the know. There wasn't a esoteric and exoteric teaching where there were some individuals that were involved with this and they didn't fully understand exactly what they were involved with. All of these individuals um, that were part of this secret society in Montreal, they were demon worshippers, they knew they were demon worshippers, and they were choosing the fallen angels uh, as their gods. And they were they shared secrets the demons would share secrets with their human counterparts. It seems that even Lucifer himself, he wants someone, he wants someone to know, uh, to be in the know of what he's doing. He wants someone to, to knowingly and willingly worship him. So that's why he has these individuals at the top of these various secret societies, and then apparently this this chosen secret society where they just come out and reveal themselves as to who they are and then what their plans are. So Roger Morneau, he was, again, he was Canadian. He was involved uh, with this with this spiritualism. And as he learned more and more about it, he learned some of their plans for the world, which is very interesting. So I, I highly recommend, it's a long interview. It's about three hours long. But I'll tell you, you'll be hooked within the first five minutes if if you're interested in stuff like this. Uh, in Roger Morneau, and he's passed away now, but Roger Morneau's testimony, it's, it's really quite amazing. And ironically, folks, the group that the, the, the demons hated the most were the Seventh-day Adventists. And Roger Morneau... Uh, when God intervened into his life, actually became a Seventh-day Adventist. He wrote a book called A Trip into the Supernatural, where he talks about his testimony. He also wrote another book called Beware of Angels, where he talks about the deceptions in the last days and how they're using the doctrine of uh, the state of the dead and Sunday worship and uh, people that have actually been deceived by angels who are fallen who are deceptively creating the image, you know, as, as Lucifer is transformed into an angel of light, they're, they're saying that they're, they're an unfallen angels, and they were able to deceive Seventh-day Adventists that way. And actually, uh, s some folks ended up dying because of that. But I think it's good for us to remember, in spite of all the things going on right now, that we, we were told that these things would happen. If you go to Revelation chapter 16, in verse 13, we are told about a threefold union. And Revelation chapter 16, verse 13 says this, 
and I saw three unclean spirits, like frogs, come out of the mouth of the dragon, and out of the mouth of the beast, and out of the mouth of the false prophet. So these unclean spirits, like frogs, so they're, they're, they're false messages, they're false spirits, and they come out of the mouth of who? The devil, the dragon. So that's your spiritualism aspect. And then out of the mouth of the beast, the beast is your Roman Catholic aspect. And then out of the mouth of the false prophet. Your false prophet is Protestantism uh, that is now in apostasy. And they are able to have a, a union with Rome because of the two major false doctrines, which are the immortality of the soul and Sunday sacredness. Now there's some others, but because of ecumenical movements and things like that, these are the ones that they, they all agree on. And this is what will bring about the Sunday law. It won't be just apostate Protestantism and the Roman power working together. There will be Lucifer. There will be the fallen angels that will be working at this too. People are going to see things. People are going to have loved ones who have died. Some of us listening right now may have this or have had something like this happen in our lives. We'll have a, a demonic spirit which is posing as someone who has passed on and they're going to be telling people that yes, uh, we need to go along with you know the Sunday law and this is what God wants and the Sabbath keepers are, are, are going against the will of God even though the Bible clearly clearly states that the Sabbath is part of the uh, part of the Ten Commandments which are eternal and unchangeable just like God's throne so they'll be using a deceptive tactic the you the the entire deception surrounding UFOs is also a spiritual one it's demonic spirits I, I did a radio program on that and a sermon the sermon was called what's the deal with UFOs and you can see from there that it is clearly a spiritual, a spiritualistic issue that's there. Also, Mrs. White tells us that even false gods of the past, pagan gods, will appear to people and tell them in the cities actually, and tell them, you know, to go along with all these. So there's going to be a, a great, massive spiritual aspect to this whole thing. So maybe that's why. In Revelation chapter 16 verse 13 uh, it says that the three unclean spirits like frogs come out of the mouth of the dragon it mentions the dragon first because that's going to be the most powerful aspect of all this people a lot of people have trouble not believing their eyes that's how people's faith are so when something's right before their very eyes telling them something and it you know it looks like grandpa it sounds like grandpa perhaps it even feels like grandpa well, that doesn't mean that it actually is. And for those who walk by sight and not by faith through the scriptures and put their faith and trust and confidence in Christ, they're going to be deceived by these things. Not to mention the fact that when Jesus is impersonated by Lucifer himself, then for many, the trap will be sprung. So that's why we need to keep this in mind because these are things that are going to come to pass I believe in our generation for sure. I don't know if you guys are taking the spiritual temperature out there, but I think the world is past due. I think it's 
It's not it's not ripe, it's rotten. It's ready for whatever deception comes. And they will accept it. Open arms. And we've learned that from just from the last two years. So this is a, a quote from The Great Controversy, page 588. It says, Through the two great errors, the immortality of the soul and Sunday sacredness, Satan will bring the people under his deceptions. While the former lays the foundation of spiritualism, the latter creates a bond of sympathy with Rome. The Protestants of the United States will be foremost in stretching their hands across the gulf to grasp the hand of spiritualism. They will reach over the abyss to clasp hands with the Roman power. And under the influence of this threefold union, this country will follow in the steps of Rome in trampling on the rights of conscience. Again, that's the Great Controversy, page 588. So the immortality of the soul, just, the, just if you believe in the immortality of the soul, you are wide open for this, this last day deception. And then if you believe in Sunday sacredness, you now have a, uh, a bond of, of sympathy with Rome because you're actually keeping their commandment. And they, they're the ones who say that they came up with it and that it's their mark of authority and that it's, it's a sign of their ecclesiastical power. So when we're keeping their commandment, uh, their tradition, in light of it, rather than keeping God's commandments, then we're, we're actually giving worship and authority uh, where it doesn't belong. We're, we're putting it and glorifying and exalting man and his traditions, and we're, we're really spitting in the face of God. That's what's going on. So I wanted to play this, this uh, clip from the testimony of Roger Morneau, and he talks about here three major things that the spiritual world was planning on doing. And actually, this was back in the 1700s this council was given. And as we can see very clearly, after, after I play the, the clip, we'll see very, very clearly that all of these things have come to pass in spades, and we're dealing with these things right now. So there's three major, I want, want you to keep in mind, there's three major things that were part of this threefold plan from the spiritual world. So here's the quote from Roger Morneau's testimony. Listen. At the beginning of the 1700s, said the high priest, Satan and all his spirit counselors held a great general council with one purpose in mind. It was to prepare for the great industrial age that was soon to break upon the world. And uh, Lucifer also foresaw another age that was to follow that, where tremendous scientific discoveries would be made by people, and we would enter an, a unique age that would change the way that everybody lives. It would also serve to usher in the end times and the close of the great controversy between the forces of good and evil. And the priest said that, that Lucifer had been studying the Bible. And he found in, the, in Daniel 12, 4, where we are told about the time of the end, many shall run to and fro, knowledge shall be in, increased. Mm -hmm. He understood it to be that we're getting to that point. And he had, with all the spirit counselors, to change their modes of operation in order, in order to ensnare people. Mm -hmm. And uh, to devise a way whereby 
people would disqualify themselves from being members of Christ's kingdom. And he was just very candid about this. Oh, yeah. Telling mm -hmm. you and yeah. the rest of the group, 60 or 70 people there, yeah. the plans that yeah, was 100 people. Lucifer he, had revealed to him. Mm -hmm. And uh, by the time the council came to a close, they had three major policies that were going to be followed. First, they were to see to it that humans would be made to believe that Satan and his angels do not really exist. Because up to that time, you could walk down a, a street of Paris and you would have signs that would, that would say where well, you have a, a soothsayer or, you know, or a, a fortune teller of some type. And, and if you want to put a, a curse on someone, you could go and see this other old lady over there, you know, the, the old witches, that's the way it goes. Uh, but now it had, it had to change. Lucifer says, we have to make sure that people, humans, get to believe that, uh, that Satan and his angels do not really exist. You know, Roger, that's interesting because a recent research study report that I read indicated that in a national survey, I believe it's over 75% of people mm -hmm. do not really believe in a real tangible devil. Mm -hmm. But there is one. Oh, yeah. Now, the next thing that the... the three parts policy that they had uh, adopted there. The second one was to find a way of being able to get total control of people's minds. And that would be done by taking hypnotism out of the realm of the occult and introduce it as a new science for the benefit of mankind. So part of what the high priest told you was Satan's strategy to take total control of people's minds. Mm -hmm. They felt that uh, by taking hypnotism out of the realm of the occult and introducing it as a new science for the benefit of mankind, they could then use people of great renown, educators, people of capacity, that would uh, do great things such as supposedly regress people in time to, pre to former lives that they had. And, of course, after the session is over, the person would not know a thing about ancient history. And the person that she's talk, she or he has talked about uh, performing, you know, certain deeds, we'll say, uh, three, four thousand years ago. But this was their, their strategy. Now, what this would, uh, would do for the thing is this, that uh, it would create in the minds of the general public, solidly set in the mind of the general public, uh, and unwavering trust in that great deception. In other words, people could, you know, it, they would believe it. This person is, is, was hypnotized, was regressing time to, you know, former lives, and uh, did this and did that, and no deception, maybe Alexander the Great, we can say, uh, you know, and some of his generals and people like that. And the person after the session is over, you know, brings out, comes out of hypnotism, and he or she doesn't know what she's talking about. So. So now this would be a way of, of uh, de-Christianizing the Western world through the avenue of mysticism. Mm. Now the time came when uh, Lucifer decided that he had to choose a person to initiate this thing. And uh, Franz Mesmer, which was an Austrian physician, was chosen. Because and the priest told you all of this. Oh, yeah. Okay. Because he was most capable.
Uh, <clears throat> Mesmer originated a theory called animal magnetism, later on, later on named Mesmerism. Mesmer was led by the spirits to believe, and this is what a priest said, was led by the spirits to believe that certain persons have a magnetic influence within themselves, so to speak, that would cause them to have great power over, over other persons, even to the point of placing them into a trance. And uh, at that time, that was readily accepted by people in general at the, at the time that uh, Mesmer lived. So people realize, you know, they said that some people have got the capacity to put you into a trance. That's the way. Now, by the time that he died, in 1815, a lot of the physicians in Europe were using hypnotism as a means of anesthesia. Now, hypnotism is the same as mesmerism? That's right. Okay. So mesmerism is, that's been uh, developed to a higher degree of uh, refinement. And uh, <clears throat> the priest went on saying that he, the plan of Satan, uh, to um, deceive the human family this way, he says is the most intriguing thing to his mind. And he went on saying how it was going to be brought about. He said that <clears throat> a fellow by the name of uh, Darwin and uh, another fellow by the name of uh, Thomas Henry Huxley would be used by the spirits because in their childhood they had been hypnotized by medical doctors. And they figured that, that they would be real good subjects uh, to uh, lead the people into this belief uh, that they had, uh, that Satan wanted to bring into people's lives. Now, what were those three points again, Roger? The three things yeah. were, number one, that they did not want Satan, Satan did not want the human family to think that he or his angels existed. Right. The second point that you made had to do with taking control of people's minds. That's right. The third point was what? was to destroy the Bible without burning it. Okay. See? And what was his strategy on that? On that, um, it was very interesting. Because after the great general council, it was decided that Satan would tutor Charles Darwin personally in setting up the, uh, uh, the principles of his theories of evolution. He was tutored by Lucifer himself, fallen Lucifer. Mm -hmm. And at that time, it was understood, Satan and his uh, spirit counselors understood, that if a person was led to believe in the theory of evolution, it would, in his life, destroy completely the, the, the uh, creation week of the Bible, the fall of man, and the plan of redemption. It would do away with it. In one fell swoop. Yeah. Now, he made a, a unique statement. He said that according to the spirits, anyone that teaches a theory of evolution is considered to be a minister of the great religious system. See, they call it the religious system, the theory of evolution, <laughs> because it is a, a system of schooling people and getting them to disqualify themselves and being members of Christ's kingdom. And he said that every teacher of that theory is recognized by the spirits 
as a person of great value and receives a very special unction from Satan himself, giving great power to induce spiritual blindness, to convince and convert. Three capacities are given to those teachers of the theory. Then, that's not all. The priest says that Satan considers the teachers of the theory of evolution to be so valuable to him that in the sight of all the inhabitants of the galaxies, he assigns a retinue of bright, beautiful angels to follow that, that uh, educator all the remainder of his life. And that in the sight of the inhabitants of the galaxies is the greatest honor that he can bestow upon his workers, upon mankind, and to, uh, you know, until the controversy is finished. Mm. That was quite uh, enlightening. Well, there you have it. That was quite a uh, quite a long clip there. I apologize for that, but there's just so much information in there, and I just thought it'd be better to hear it from the horse's mouth. So, so many things that he went over. But let's talk about the three-step plan. First of all, he wanted the the spiritual world wanted to t basically spread abroad that the uh, the concept of of Satan as a real individual was false that he didn't actually exist and that's undoubtedly where the the little red devil with the with the pitchforks and all that uh, came from you know because it, it totally detracts from reality in that he is this this gorgeous fallen angel he's he hasn't been marred and and destroyed or or mutilated in any way which is what they like to make you think and even if you think about even in the church of satan they openly they they openly state that they don't actually worship uh, Satan there. They they Satanism is is a principle. It's a concept, and that's what they'll tell you. But also, and we see we see that in the world today. They mentioned they mentioned uh, a a study that was done. That interview was given back in the 1980s. So if it's 75 percent back there in the 1980s, in the 1980s in the United States, how much more so now? I mean, people don't believe in heaven. People don't believe uh, in the coming like a fire or in the second second coming of Christ many times. They don't believe in a devil. They don't believe in a God. And that's the world that we live in today. But also, talked about uh, basically making occultism a science. And he, he mentioned mesmerism there. So... You know, you see this right up to this day. You see the, you know, learn, quit smoking uh, by being hypnotized. Don't realize when you're doing that is that you're opening up a door to the dark spirits. And that's what happened with Charles Darwin and Thomas Huxley, at least according to the testimony of Roger Morneau. Where he said Charles Dar Darwin was actually tutored by Lucifer himself. That's a heavy claim. And again, I'm not saying that that's what the testimony of Roger Morneau in his experience with the devil-worshipping secret society there in Montreal. But remember, we actually had an episode on mesmerism because this is something that Mrs. White even had to deal with, people trying to use mesmerism on her. And she actually cried out to God and asked him for another angel. So, interestingly enough, 
mesmerism was started by Franz Mesmer, right? And this is the same thing as hypnotism, they said. And in the last show that we, in the show that we did about mesmerism, I pointed out this, this fact here, and I want to point it out again. If you go to Wikipedia on Franz Mesmer, it says this, Mesmer was born in the village of Isnang on the shore of Lake Constance in Swabia, a son of master forester Anton Mesmer and his wife Maria Ursula. After studying at the Jesuit universities of Dillingen and Ingolstadt, remember Ingolstadt is where the principles that came into France, which through the, the Jacobins, started the French Revolution. So the Jesuit universities of Dillingen and Ingolstadt, he took up the study of medicine at the University of Vienna in 1759. Okay. So, 1759, he goes to the University of Vienna, but he was Jesuit trained before that, and also, not only Jesuit Catholic trained, but also hand-selected by the devils to be the spearhead of bringing occultism into the realm of science. And science... <laughs> What people run around saying is science nowadays, it's very true what the Bible says. As far as the, in the last days, there would be so many theories that would be presented, and it's uh, science falsely so-called. So that we see in spades as well. The whole, especially the United States, but the whole world is just absolutely obsessed with the occult. You have the Harry Potter series. You have Star Wars. You have... The different things going on in Disney and all the magic and all this stuff, the whole world is absolutely obsessed with the occult. It's our entertainment. It's our therapy. They mentioned regression therapy. It's everywhere. And again, this was something Mrs. White had to deal with. And if you read the biographies on her, uh, I believe she mentions also in Testimonies of the Church, Volume 1, there's a bit of her testimony in there as well, her and James White. They had to deal with people trying to use mesmerism and why is there actual power in mesmerism because it's demonic power it's not a science it's getting involved with demons you're not doing anything or you're not controlling anybody in any sort of way other than getting dark spirits to come to your aid so the first two things again teaching the world that satan does not exist and then also teaching mesmerism as a science, or really occult, occult doctrines as science, and getting people involved with the dark spiritual world. Now, thirdly, they wanted to attack the Bible without burning it by introducing the theory of evolution. Not a new theory, but keep in mind, folks, another Jesuit-trained Catholic his name was Georges Lemaitre, and I don't know if I'm pronouncing that right, but Georges Lemaitre, maybe George Lemaitre, he's the father of the Big Bang Theory. He was a Catholic priest, also Jesuit trained, also involved with the Piltdown Man hoax, where they found supposed remains of an ape-to-human sort of missing links, link situation. There was another Jesuit priest that was involved with that, they call him the father of the New Age, 
and his name is Pierre Telhard de Chardin. And many of you have, if anybody's listened to the show for any time, knows that I've mentioned him on a number of occasions. Also, remember that the phrase social justice was actually coined by a Jesuit. So all these things are working together. They're working in tandem. They're working, they feeding off each other to bring about what they're trying to bring about here in the new world order. And have we seen these things come to pass? Of course. There's even there's even churches this day that believe that God created the world through evolution. That's called theistic evolution, very popular teaching. So just keep in mind, folks, the the great spiritual battles that are going to be taking place. All these things have set the stage for the time frame in which we are living in right now, where the spirits will come back, present themselves as UFOs, present really present themselves as whatever you want to see. And then they will they will speak whatever whatever you want to see that will be an authority to you, they will show up as that, and then they will tell you to go along with the 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 breaking of God's law, the setting up of the false Sunday sacredness, and thereby many people will be deceived and receive the mark of the beast. So, in closing, we went a little bit over time. But that's okay, because it's been a while since we've, we've done this. But in closing, I want to read Review and Herald, June 7th, 1906. It says this, To the law and to the testimony, if they speak not according to this word, it is because there is no light in them. For people of God, the people of God are directed to the scriptures as their safeguard against the influence of false teachers and delusive power of spirits of darkness. Satan employs every possible device to prevent men from obtaining a knowledge of the Bible, for its plain utter utterances reveal his deceptions. At every revival of God's work, the prince of evil is aroused to more intense activity. He is now putting forth his utmost efforts for a final struggle against Christ and his followers. The last great delusion is soon to open before us. Antichrist is to perform his marvelous works in our sight. So closely will the counterfeit resemble the true that it will be impossible to distinguish between them except by the holy scriptures. By their testimony, every statement and every miracle must be stated. So folks, that was the plan in the past and now we're seeing it set the stage for a false revival movement which will usher in the final great delusions. And Antichrist will perform his work. So right now, what are we to be doing? We are to be perfecting our character. We are to be struggling with all our might to overcome sin, to, ha to, to fostering and working at and, and cultivating our, our, our relationship, our love for Jesus Christ our love and passion to do his work that he's given us to do and to keep his eight laws of health. These are the most important things that we can do day in and day out. So folks, thank you for being patient and, and, and waiting so long. We are back and 
You've been listening to Truth Triumphant Radio, and we will catch you next week. God bless.